So this is our Chinese and English journey. I'm Grace, the producer and the host for today's episodes. Today we have Sunny Horseman today for our show. Sunny has a blog called Spot of Sunshine, where she has tons of awesome bilingual resources. I personally follow her on Instagram, where she shares a lot of her bilingual journey. Thank you, Sunny, for coming to our very first recording. I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be the first person you interview. Um, so, Sunny, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and also share share with all our you know listeners about your little ones, and then how do you start your like bilingual journey? Well, I. Immigrated to America when I was eight, and at home we just kept speaking、um, Mandarin. And my mom brought a bunch of books from Taiwan when we moved, and I would just listen to the audiobooks and look at the pictures and follow along because by then I had finished the first semester of second grade, so I was able to read on my own. And if if I mean. Characters I I was confused with. I would use the juling, the bopama, and so when I became a parent, I was like, "Do I want to teach my kids、um, a second language?" And immediately, I wanted to because both my husband and I are really interested in languages. And at the time, we actually were living in Taiwan, and we thought we were going to stay there forever. And so at home we would focus on English because outside everything was in Chinese and in Mandarin.、Um, but then suddenly we moved back to America, and I was faced with changing the home language, switching it suddenly into Mandarin. It felt really awkward, and all of a sudden I just felt like ill-equipped to do it for some reason. And I started second guessing myself because I always felt like my Mandarin wasn't as good as English because I mean I grew up in America.、Um, but slowly, as I kept on doing it more, and I looked online and found some tips,、um, and saw other parents, you know, in the raising bilingual parenting group,、um, hearing their journey, seeing how they did it, and getting to know some of them better. I was able to start doing it, and so I'm just really passionate to,、um, to encourage other parents on the same journey because I feel like it can feel very overwhelming, and it could feel very lonely, and yeah, it's just a struggle. So I feel like that's what I really want to focus on. What I'm passionate about is to be a cheerleader for other parents. And to let them know you can do it, and to help simplify it for them, because I feel like as Taiwanese or Chinese or Singaporeans, it's like very easy in our culture to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and so it translates into、um, we put stress on ourselves, and then we stress our kids out, and it's just like a bad cycle. <laughs>、yep. So. Yeah, so I've just been teaching my daughter Mandarin and、um, English now for how many years? Since she was two, so now she's seven. So it's five years, and then now we have a eleven-month-old little boy, and we're still continuing with Chinese at home, 
And yeah, I'm really excited to see how he does. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about us. Let me know if I left anything out. I guess I'm curious about when you came back to the U.S. when your daughter, I guess she was two, um, what, what was the very first thing you started doing? Um, and then and then I think when we last just briefly chat, you say you're currently homeschooled. If you can tell us a little bit more about how you do your whole journey like this past five years. Sure. Actually, when we moved back, she was... 10 months old. So, um, yeah, all I started was speaking to her in Mandarin. And I only I didn't have any Chinese books with me because I didn't think of it. I only had some like Bopoma flashcards that I brought with us. And I would just start translating the books into Chinese. Because if you think about baby books, they're very simple. And it's a lot of times it's repetitive phrases. So it's easier to just translate it on the fly um, and describe to her what was happening in the story. Um, So that's what I did first. And then also I started playing Chinese um, nursery rhymes because kids are just so drawn to music. If you just put some music on right away, they start like bopping along or bouncing along or clapping. Um, even my 11th month old, he's like clapping and stuff. Um, so we started with music and me speaking Chinese and also translating the books, the little random books I got at the garage sales um, into Chinese. And um, I didn't start off thinking I'm going to homeschool her. I was not that mom that was like, I'm going to homeschool and this is what I'm going to do, even though I... Um, I majored in English secondary education. So I taught high school English. And then when I was in Taiwan, I tutored like um, Taipei American school kids or like Taipei European school kids or um, just taught English in Taiwan. But when it came to homeschooling, it just felt very overwhelming. And one day one of my followers was like, you're already homeschooling her. And I was like, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think it's very easy, especially if you're starting with a 10-month-old. It's not like a huge curriculum. You're basically reading to them, interacting with them, describing what you're doing, and just doing life, you know, and playing with them um, in Chinese. So, yeah, so now that it's been like, Because kindergarten, it felt like more official. We had to do more, like we had to add English and I started doing math. Um, Kindergarten was a little bit rough, but this year now she's a first grader. I'm like, oh, I'm really liking this. Like, it's actually pretty doable and we're done with school in about two hours. So the rest of the day she could, you know, it was really important to me that she learns to be responsible And she um, contributes to the home, like, that she sees she needs to help clean up. She needs to do chores. um, And for her to be able to be outside and play and breathe fresh air. So, yeah, I'm starting to enjoy and like homeschooling more. (laughs) Right, right. 
um, I kind of want to go back between the 10 months to kindergarten, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, two years old, three years old, four years old before the actual, you know, kindergarten, five years old. It's like, what happened? <laughs> those three years like what was happening with um her chinese learning yeah exactly like you know how do you, you kind of know like you know you can st start slowly to teach her chinese but then you buy more books and then or what, what kind of things that you did those few years yeah it was actually not very smooth because <laughs> i was really trying to figure out what to do um what helped a lot and what really like boosted her chinese in an intense way is like my mom came and stayed with us for i don't know if it was two months or three months and my mom is very great with kids so she would be singing songs with her and playing um, make-believe with her teaching her like traditional um, nursery rhymes and um, yeah, just playing with her all day because my mom's like a little kid too. <laughs> so mm -hmm. and it kind of gave me a good foundation to build off of because I was nervous. At the time, I feel like I was working through my own issues <laughs> with Chinese because when I lived in Taiwan, I felt like it was always my dream to live in Taiwan because I had immigrated to America when I was eight and I felt like Taiwan was my home and so it was always my goal to go back to Taiwan where I truly belong quote unquote mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then when I went back I was like wow I am so Americanized I am not Taiwanese you know mm -hmm. and it felt very foreign and there was a lot of different things I had to get used to so I felt like when we moved back, I was dealing with my kind of like identity issues. And I feel like when you're when you become a parent, you're faced with a lot of your own issues. <laughs> like, yep, yep. like, wow, I am very impatient. Wow, I'm a very angry person. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also you're teaching a language that, you know, I mean, at least for me, I have a lot of triggers with because, you know, I was brought up in the language and in, you know, Asian culture, there's a lot of criticism and instead of encouragement. So I had to very intentionally unlearn a lot of ways that I, what I heard when I was little. So like saying things encouraging in Mandarin just felt like so weird to me. You know, I mean, of course, my mom would say I love you and things like that. But like apologizing to your kid, mm -hmm. saying things in a patient way. I would hear my friends that are like American or I wouldn't say American, but like Caucasian English speakers. They would speak in a way with their kids that are so like, OK, sweetie, you know, let's wait our turn. Right. And I would try to say it. But inside, I was so mad. <laughs> It was like, why are you not listening to me? <laughs> and it would come out like my parents would come out of my mouth and things I don't want to say would just come spewing out of my mouth. So I feel like even though a lot of times you see in these bilingual parenting groups, it's talking about textbooks, it's talking about curriculum. 
But I feel like not enough people talk about the internal things that are going on of, you know, kind of getting healing from your childhood and also relearning how to speak Mandarin. <laughs> In, in those like encouraging positive yeah ways. yeah so it's like a whole new vocabulary um so that was like what was going on internally but externally i feel like i was um also unlearning how i was taught in school and learning how to play with my daughter i feel like for a lot of asian moms it's hard to play mm-hmm. um because I don't know, maybe our parents didn't play with us a lot. It was mostly like, do your homework. Did you eat yet? And it wasn't so much, let's play and let's have fun. What do you want to do? And yeah, so learning how to play with her. And on top of all that, um, beyond that, yes, I try to buy more, you know, Mandarin book, Chinese books, um, and slowly build up our library because at the time when we first moved back, we just didn't have the finances to buy a ton of books. So I would see these parents with like a huge library and I'm just like, oh, this is never going to work. We don't have like a giant library of books and um, whatnot, but yeah, so I just want to say for the parents out there who are feeling the same, I started off not like with maybe the Liang Liang books and because that was cheap. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, yes, you get like, I don't know, 30 bucks for $60. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to start with that. And just slowly we built our library to where it is now, which is only like one IKEA bookshelf full. It's not huge, but I feel like it's been enough for us. I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I was reading your blog and actually found something really, really interesting. Basically, we're just talking about, you know, those encouraging words and then positive phrases that we really never learn when heard from our parents, but then you were actually using books that people, for Taiwanese people who learn English, and look at the translation, what what they say it in Chinese. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea, because this is my experience too. It's like, you know, growing up, I don't hear those words or phrases from parents. So it was like, now I have to constantly translate in my mind. But then when I really say those words, it doesn't sound natural. Yeah, it sounds really, it feels really awkward at first. It's awkward. And then, and then it just, you know, it's just, it sounds like English translating to Chinese. <laughs> um, but, you know, I should check out those books that you recommend on your blog. Because I was like, that's a great idea. Because, you know, sometimes I just have to, look at exactly, you know, what's the equivalent, you know, even it's weird for me, I just have to kind of get used to like, how it sounds like, and then practice myself to say more to my kids. Yeah, yeah, I actually got the tip from my husband who learned Chinese in Taiwan, because he would buy, he would go to like a suite, and he would be in the English learning section. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Right. And he would be like, these are actually helpful because these are the 
phrases that I want to learn. And yeah. because, you know, in Taiwan, everybody's learning English. Yes. So the English learning section is huge. And if you go to the Chinese learning section, it's like puny and it's just a small amount of books that he could choose from. Right. Um, and also, if you have uh, like a parenting book you enjoy in English, it's usually translated into Chinese because it's popular, you know. And also, I feel like there's now a movement in Taiwan to kind of not speak the way, speak to our children the way that we were brought up. Mm-hmm. There's more like gentle parenting podcasts or just people talking about trying to change the way we communicate with our children and be more respectful and recognize and help them help kids process their emotions more. So it is starting out there. And then, yeah, because I would trans, I would look at these translations. It was, it would still seem kind of weird. So I would ask my friends in Taiwan, like, how would you actually say it? And they would tell me how they would say it. But then sometimes they'll still be like, this sounds very American. Like, we don't say that. Yeah, we don't say that. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we live in the States. We still have to kind of adopt whatever the ways that we more fit into how we learn or how we actually speak to each other. I think that's kind of important, too. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like before I was so fixated on sounding Taiwanese. I didn't want to sound like an ABC because I didn't want to feel like I didn't belong with my cousins. I was really, I'm really close with my cousins. But now I'm just realizing I'm Taiwanese American. So the way I speak and the way I think is just going to be different. And it's okay. It doesn't mean I'm like lesser. Taiwanese, I'm just Taiwanese American. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if you don't mind sharing, like, what kind of accomplishment, like, what's your current, your daughter's current, in, like, Chinese level, like, speaking wise, reading wise, just to give our listeners some ideas, like, you know, you've been doing this for five years, and then tell us, it's like, is there any, any point of those five years you feel like, you know, it's stuck, you know, she's not improving, and what do you do about it? Yeah, so now we are almost done with um, set five, set four of Sage books. Um, so that means she's almost um, completed 400 Chinese characters. And my mom's been teaching her Zuing, Bopama. Um, so that's been really helpful because I'm hoping it will encourage her to read independently more. She's not there yet. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to like admit that to anyone. Because <laughs> but... I feel like sometimes you see other people, other people's kids on um, social media and you're like, I'm not there. Does that mean I'm failing? But no, it's like everybody's at a different pace and... I feel like for me, my real, um, what's helped me see what I've accomplished and feel um, that proud of what we have achieved is that she can converse completely in Mandarin and she enjoys 
listening to audiobooks. Like she has the um, um, the Qingzi Tianxia, this Taiwanese app, on all the time. She's like listening to it before she goes to bed. She's listening to it in her room when she's drawing and doing things. And sometimes she'll be telling me, "Mama, was a Taiwanese,我不是美国人." And I'm like. Oh. Not that I'm like trying to brainwash her into thinking she's Taiwanese, and because I'm like, "你是台湾美国人, you know? Right, right, right. You're not. You're Taiwanese American. You're not just Taiwanese, and it's okay. Like we have, you've been in both places, and it's like really cool that you belong to both places. Um, so it's just interesting to me that she does that, um, and. I feel like what truly makes me feel like I've accomplished something I'm really proud of is I feel like my own growth as a mom that I'm enjoying doing this with her instead of where I started off with.、Um, even though it's not so much about、um, how many characters she knows and she's reading independently or something that's like very Instagram worthy. But I feel like I am so thankful that I'm not drilling her anymore in Chinese. Like, this is what? This is what? Why is she not knowing? Like, what is this? What is this? Like, how come you still don't know this character? You know, because that was where I started, and now I'm like a lot more patient and a lot more in tune with who she is. And I feel like for me, that's something I'm so. Just so happy that I've grown.、Um, yeah, I feel like that's like what I'm most proud of. <laughs> And that's that's awesome. I mean, this is this is something because I feel like this journey. When we picked the name of this podcast, you know, in the end, the other mom picked this name as our Chinese English journey because. We feel like it's it's not just the kids that are learning Mandarin or Chinese, but the parents a lot of times are maybe they're native speaker like me. But then I'm I never really teach somebody Chinese. Yeah, we learn from somebody else. So it's like as a journey, we really like trying to like grow, just like you said. And then you know, it's like we learn something about ourselves, and then also something about our kids. And then it's like. It's a very, I guess, unique experience for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and I hope it encourages other parents because I feel like a lot of times it's very easy to get consumed with how many books do we have? How many Chinese characters does she know? How many does she read independently? Does she write? How many characters can she write? You know, and yeah, I mean, I feel like. Practically speaking, you want them to be able to write, speak, you know, listen to Chinese. But、um, I feel like what is most important is, you know, the relationship because language is relational. Ultimately, the goal is to communicate. It's not to go to a speech contest or a 识字比赛 you know, a character recognition contest. It's not Instagram. What is most important? What will prolong,、um, determine the longevity of the language retention, is 
what happens behind the Instagram post, what happens in your home and what's happening in your heart, in your child's heart. Are they enjoying it? And yeah, just be encouraged. And I just want to encourage other parents that be encouraged and um, not measure yourself with an Instagram post of your progress. You know, don't measure your progress with what you see on Instagram or Pinterest, but um, take a step back and try to notice the good that is happening because that will encourage you, which in turn will help you encourage your child as well. Yeah, I just wish somebody would have told me that in the beginning. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people just like not even sure, you know, where to start because, you know, mm. Chinese, I feel like for most parents are probably going to listen to this podcast, just not the language they use every day. So it's yeah. like an effort have to, I have to do. Um, I was wondering if you can share a few things you actually do with your kids, you know, like um, I, I joined the bilingual Facebook group because I found you know, Oliver's blog that a lot of us read along the way. And then, you know, learning about this Chinese ecosystem. So I was wondering if you also follow his method or, or I think in the blog, you also mentioned other, um, I think, bilingual experts or educa educators. So I was wondering if you can share a little bit more about that. Sure. Um... Maybe should I just share about like simple things parents can start doing? Mm -hmm. Sure. I think just start with what you can do. Like if you can speak it, start speaking it. And if your kids are already used to English, start with 10 minutes or just say, hey, we're going to play a game today and we're going to learn about fall or dinosaurs or whatever it is your child is interested in in Chinese for 10 minutes. So start with something small that doesn't stress you out and is doable, whether that's speaking or listening to a song, learning a song together, um, or describing a routine you always do. Um, just start small and then learn a song. I feel like songs is maybe not that glamorous, but songs catch a child's attention and it's really easy for them to pick up the tones of Mandarin because it's singing and it's not as, um, I guess, stressful as saying something in front of someone. Um, and third thing I would say is start playing Chinese music or Chinese audiobooks in the background. Start slowly moving and creating an immersion environment, or I think Oliver likes to say an ecosystem and home. So it feels like they're living in Taiwan or China or Singapore in, in your house. So they see, you know, Chinese books, they see Chinese words around the house. You know, you could label certain things that they use a lot, um, like the refrigerator or um, the door in Chinese. 
So then slowly you're like accumulating and creating this immersion environment at home. Um, yeah, and I feel like if parents feel awkward speaking Mandarin to their kids, just know, yeah, it does feel awkward in the beginning, but at like a, it's like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it's going to be. And honestly, I don't feel awkward anymore speaking Mandarin at home. In the beginning, I would like second guess myself all the time. Um, but now it just like comes without me trying to like translate on the fly because that was really stressful trying to translate what I want to say um, on the fly. But now I just I don't even really think about it. And not that my Mandarin is perfect now. I feel like I'm just not so fixated on am I saying this right? You know, mm -hmm. and I've been doing it for several years. So a lot of the words you're going to notice when you're interacting with kids, you're actually saying the same things all day, every day. <laughs> right, 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 you know? right. Yeah, yeah. it's not like you're having a long conversation about yeah. politics or, you know, anything yeah. really hard to understand. Yeah, and I feel like that's what my, um, my husband will try to encourage other parents who are non-native speakers, um, who are interested in um, teaching their kids Chinese and their spouse is Chinese or Taiwanese, he'll be like, you know, this is a great time because the, their vocabulary is very limited and that's the amount of vocab you actually really need to learn. It's different than being thrown into learning business Chinese. I, I remember when I first chatting with you on Facebook and then you were saying like um, you would like to share it's like if there's anything you would want to do differently. I'm just curious like what would be those things and then would you do those things to your I guess your son who's only you know 11 months old right now? Yeah. I think number one I wouldn't be so hard on myself. <laughs> I think I was just really hard on myself and I felt constantly feel like that fear and anxiety of we are falling behind. You know, it's if it feels like you're running this race against English because English is coming in and they're going to start school and they're going to lose everything. Um, so I feel like I was just tell myself to take a step back to really look at my goals first um, and then go from there because I feel like a lot of times when you go online, there's so many suggestions and so many resources, it's kind of distracting. Um, but if you really just focus on a small goal, like you want your child to learn the song and once they learn one song, you're like, oh, I can move on to the next song and I can move on to this other set of vocabulary maybe, um, instead of we need to work through sage books, you know, in one year. Right. And yeah. And just, I think the other thing I would tell myself is to learn to have fun, that it's really important to have fun because 
you know, I'm doing this with my child and if I'm not having fun, it's not going to be fun for her either. Um, so try to find ways that are doable for myself and for her. Cause I feel like it's really easy to get caught up. And I was caught up in, this is what I want for her. But then I wasn't very realistic with, is this doable for me right now? And is this enjoyable for me? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that it's going to, it's going to be okay. And, and they will eventually learn Chinese. And even if they learn later on in life, it's okay. Cause there's like re new research out there that, you know, it's late into our teens that people could still achieve native speaking level. Yeah. Because as long as you lay a great foundation for them at the beginning, it's just easier for them um, to, ca I guess, catch up or, you know, to relearn those things if they already forget. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I guess, I think I kind of forget one question I wanted to ask you earlier. So what, what, what is the ultimate goal that you're for, for you and how you want your kids Chinese level to be, um, I guess, say like after they're finished high school? I think to be able to converse with a native speaker, um, is my number one goal. And the second goal would be to be able to read Chinese, not, you know, like super complicated textbooks, but I feel like to be able to read a simple novel, maybe, or understand the newspaper, understand the news, um, would be sufficient for me. <laughs> I'm not very focused on writing Chinese characters right now, because I feel like writing is just, it is difficult to write Chinese, like even for me. Um, so if they could write their names and their address, <laughs> that's fine. Like need, that, that is because when we lived in Taiwan, that's the only thing I wrote was my name and address. And that was it. And like people in Taiwan would be speaking into their phone, you know, like with the line app, they'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like type it for you. Because that's right. so much faster than typing anyways. Um, so from now, that's my goals. And I'll see where their interests lead them. Um, yeah, I feel like just having a, a heart for Taiwan. And, you know, if they would enjoy going there and enjoy the food there with me, that would be awesome. But, you know, being able to... I feel like the gift of bilingualism that I enjoy so much um, as an adult is being able to talk to someone and hear um, and hear them from their heart language and hear their stories from their heart language instead of trying to translate it or hear it through a secondary source um, or through a translation. So I feel like being able to interact with Mandarin speakers that would um yeah just make me really happy <laughs> and that's very important i feel like when you're happy the kids probably feel they're accomplished something yeah um, perfect 
we're actually right in within the time frame that I wanted to be. Um, any other tips you've been telling us so much about, you know, very encouraging things for bilingual family out there, but any other last tips that you want to give it to any anybody who's in this journey right now? Um. Yeah, I just want to encourage parents and let them know they're probably most likely doing a lot better than they think they are. I feel like a lot of times it's just easier for us to gravitate towards what's not working, what's not happening, um, especially if we are Asian, <laughs> because that's just the way we were brought up, you know, just to notice the what's not happening, notice the mistakes. But um yeah, to take time really to notice the good and to call out the good in our kids because um, that will really encourage them and build them up and give them confidence to continue in learning Chinese because if all the time we're like, why don't you know this character yet? Why can't you read um, a book on your own yet? You know, it's just going to make it a burden for them but if we're encouraging them saying things like wow look at how many characters you've learned look at how you've persevered it was really hard but you stuck it out and now look at how many books you could read and things like that I feel like that would really give them joy and give us joy and make it less um, painful to teach them Chinese. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's not a pain for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when I interviewed Oliver for my um, other podcast, and then one of the things he mentioned was like, he wants to hear laugh, like huan xiao, you know, mm. when whenever his daughter learned Chinese. And then I kind of kept that in mind a lot. It's like, you know, it has to be, fun and sometimes for my kids they really love silly things because i think kindergarten just like you know it, mm, it doesn't have yeah. to be serious and then and that's when i always kind of try to remind myself like you know it, it, i have to hear i can't just like they can't be just like a student listening to the teacher and try to receiving whatever the teacher trying to teach them so um yeah and then so it's i, I can totally relate what you're talking about because it's like it's a struggle, but you know, when I see them really proud of themselves, knowing how much Chinese they know, this is really, it's like, feel, I feel really happy about it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Oliver does a great job. I love how he plays in a band with his daughters. I was like, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Okay, um, thank you so much for coming to our show. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate, you know, your honest opinion about your journey. And it's really encouraging for a lot of parents out there who just started it or in the middle of the struggle. Um, so thank you. And then I will definitely have your blog and also Instagram on your um, podcast notes. So if anybody's interested in reaching out to you, um, I'm sure they probably will find it very, um, very helpful. Yay. Thank you so much for interviewing me. This was really fun. <laughs>